It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It is time for another Thursday Locked On NFL podcast. I am Tyler Rowland here with my co-host Alex Clancy, and we have a lot to talk about as we kick off this football weekend. Of course, Thursday night football takes place tonight, a matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals, and I personally am very excited for this game. After that, we are going to talk about some of the biggest surprises in the NFL through three weeks. We got some good surprises and some bad surprises as well. And then finally, we will take a look at three comeback stories in the NFL this weekend. One of them, I will have a lot to say. So a big episode here on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's kick off this weekend of football. On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go, football fans. It is time for the football weekend to kick off once again. A Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am Tyler Rowland again, my co-host Alex Clancy. Alex, how are you doing today? Good, man. Um, You know, I'm excited. Like, I think it's a great thing that they put not the best games on Thursday Night Football, but just a game on Thursday Night Football. Because regardless, it's going to be good because it's the only damn one on TV unless you want to watch college football. So I'm stoked for the matchup tonight for sure. Yeah, I'll always take my uh, professional NFL football over any other sport or any other activity that's going on, including the college game. But for me, you know, like you, I'm a junkie. So either way, if there's football going on, I don't care who the teams are. There's NFL going on. I'm going to be right there to watch it. I'm sure a lot of you guys watching right now and listening right now feel the same. And I may be a little bit more interested in this game than your average folk. Of course, you have... Two back-to-back number one picks in Trevor Lawrence and then Joe Burrow facing off against each other. This game will take place in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a heavy heavy favorite at the moment. And like you said, the, the games tend to be good on primetime no matter who is in the game. So what are you watching for from this matchup between the Jags and the Bengals? Jamar Chase, he's must-watch TV now. Like, yeah. if you told me that the GM of the Cincinnati Bengals would look like a genius for taking Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell, et cetera, and it working through a couple weeks? Sweet mother, it's working. You got Joe Burrow's favorite guy. His favorite guy. It's like Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison going to college together. And like you, you draft them, and it just, just drops in the whole game plan of what they were doing. Last year before Joe Burrow got hurt, you know, now Tyler Boyd's got more of a defined role. T. Higgins got more of a defined role. They have Joe Mixon. If you're looking at that offense, how many teams in the NFL would swap their offense for what Cincinnati has? 10? 12? 
I mean, yeah. that's a lot more than what we looked at last year. Jamar Chase looks to be a guy that's going to be a perennial pro bowler, and it seems like they knocked it out of a park with him sitting out all of last season. It's mind-blowing. That is more exciting to me now than Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence is just a work in progress, and he doesn't have as many weapons. Yeah, he, he doesn't have as much to go on. I think from the Bengals' perspective, you talk about all the weapons, but for me, I think one of the biggest stories coming in is the Bengals' offensive line. How much have they improved? Can they continue what they did in Pittsburgh last week? So the Bengals gave up zero sacks after giving up five in back-to-back weeks to open the season. So Burrow's been sacked 10 times, but zero last week. Is that something that the Cincinnati offense, and specifically the Cincinnati offensive line, can build on? Because we know Burrow coming off the ace ACL with a couple of new weapons in there. It's going to take some time for him to get going. So if they look this good early, you got to be very excited for what the Bengals offense could look like in a couple of weeks, especially if the offensive line is more of the week three offensive line than the first two weeks of the season offensive line. But I think one of the big things for me is the Bengals defense on the defensive line. They've had a lot of people step up. Uh, B.J. Hill, D.J. Reader on the inside. Uh, Trey Hendrickson has been very good on the outside as well. So the Bengals defensive line has really been holding teams. Is not allowed a 100-yard rusher so far this year, and they face Najee Harris and, and Dalvin Cook. So they face some really good running backs early in the season, and the, the Bengals defense have, has answered the call. They're going to be without two studs on either side of the ball, though. Jesse Bates at safety, who in my opinion mm-hmm. – one of the most underrated safeties For sure. in the NFL. And then T. Higgins is actually going to be out in this game. So that kind of takes the watchability down a little bit. T. Higgins is exa- is a very fun player to watch. But either way, should still be an exciting game. On the Jacksonville side, uh, what are you looking for there? Or are you just tuning in to hate watch the J- the Jaguars team? I mean, you're just going to sit there and and smile that you, you get to play them twice a year in perpetuity with the Tennessee Titans. Uh I don't know, some sort of life, some sort of showing that that Urban Meyer knows knows what he's doing because you know, you want as many good teams as possible in the NFL. You want for watchability for a fan perspective and just yeah. for for storylines for people like us talking heads who are going to be talking about Trevor Lawrence hopefully for the next 15 years. He's where Joe Burrow was last year, but he's also shown less than what Joe Burrow did last year early on. Joe Burrow was just hucking it. You know, Joe Burrow was talking. He was putting up crazy numbers. He was a fantasy darling before he got hurt, regardless of winning games or not. Jacksonville just doesn't look like a very good organization right now. I mean, the wide receivers aren't on, you know, aren't really on the same page, aside from Marvin Jones with Trevor Lawrence. James Robinson hasn't really shown a whole lot except for one long drive against the Cardinals last week where he ended up scoring a touchdown. The defense isn't great. You know, it's just, it's you know, it's a ball of dough in Jacksonville right now, and they need to figure out what the hell they're going to turn it into. Because, I mean, yeah, Urban Meyer is probably going to be there for the long haul. Trevor Lawrence isn't going anywhere. I just want to see signs of Maybe. life, you know, signs of life. Yeah. yeah, something. And for my money, this is a really good spot for the Jags to do that. Urban Meyer back in Ohio, feeling comfortable, you know what I mean, after his coaching career with Ohio State. And my thing is, sometimes I just go with the flow here. In the NFL, teams always balance themselves out. The Jags, while being bad, Kind of hard to go to 0 and 4. The Bengals, while being improved, I don't know if they're a three and one team. So to me, I, I could see some some upset magic going on here. Urban Meyer in Ohio gets his first 
upset win of the year. Trevor, I think Trevor Lawrence is just trying to do too much. He's never lost like this, never been in a situation. He's thrown seven interceptions this year, and a lot of those are times where he could probably check it down, but he chucks it forward down the field, and it turns into an interception. I think he's feeling the pressure of losing something that he's never done in his life, and he's trying to do too much. Hopefully the, the Jags can get make this. You know, I don't want the Jaguars to win for selfish reasons, of course, but but I do want to see an entertaining game, and I would like to see uh, the Bengals with some pressure on them in prime time as well to see if that Marvin Lewis Hayes and the Andy Dalton Hayes is gone. Either way, I do want to mention there is one player on the Bengals that I think has been excellent this year and deserves some credit, and that's linebacker Logan Wilson. He's mm -hmm. been one of their best players. He's been leading their defense. So I know that the Bengals aren't on prime time a lot, but now that they are, make sure that you focus on on that linebacker. Alex, what, what's your prediction for this game? I mean, Cincinnati is, is going to win. It's going to be ugly-ish. Um, mm. I think they'll win. I think they'll cover. I think it's a seven-half point fit. We'll talk about that on yep. betonline.ag in a moment. But, yep. um, yeah, I think they're going to cover. I think Jacksonville's going to struggle to struggle to put up points. Trevor Lawrence throws a couple picks. I'd say like 27-13, something like that. Or Cincinnati's going to be able to put up points this year, obviously. Um, right. But, yeah, 27-13. So the under... And Cincinnati will cover. What about yeah, you? I, I I actually am going to go a different way. I think that the Jags are able to 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 keep it close. I hmm. think that the score is going to be twenty four to twenty one. I think there are some mistakes in this game. I think there's an interception on either side. And I think the game's going to end up being closer than most people think. But we are going to talk, and that would be a surprise to you. So we are going to talk about some surprise teams next. You see, that's just professional level segues <laughs> there. But either way, we are going to come back, talk about the most surprising teams through three weeks. But before we do that, do got to tell you guys about an incredible app that anyone who buys gas has to know about, and it's called Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. Use that promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. People who drive a lot are making up to as much as $200, $300 in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back is added right to your account and you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for something like Amazon. Just download the free Get Upside app, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Once again, that's the Get Upside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
All right, second segment, Locked on NFL Thursday. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Tic Tac, Tyler, Roland at Tic Tac Titans on uh, Twitter. Locked on Tennessee Titans does a great job over there. This is our, what, third show, man? Third show so. together. Yeah. And listen, through three weeks, it's been absolutely insane. Like, there's a couple storylines that you expected, a lot that we haven't, and some really in between. First, let's start with the positive stuff, okay? There's five 3-0 teams. There's five 0 and three teams. There's one one and two team that may or may not have been in the Super Bowl last year that we'll talk about in a second. But let's start really quickly with the three and O teams: Carolina, Denver, uh, Vegas, and then the Cardinals and the Rams. Who is the most surprising three and O team to you right now? Well, I think for my money, the most surprising team out of that is the Panthers. Um, I think that we knew that Derek Carr and the Raiders offense had some swagger to them, but there was concerns about the defense. We knew that the Broncos had a really good defense and with Teddy Bridgewater at quarter, I think uh, quarterback, I think that, you know, that just gives them a solid offense enough to not ruin what their defense will do. But the Panthers at three, and know, Sam Darnold, brand new quarterback in there up and down in New York. So unlike Teddy Bridgewater, who you know you could get reliable professional quarterback play from, you don't know what you're going to get from Sam Sam Darnold. Matt Rule going into his second year, they have a really young team still, especially youth on defense. So for my money, Carolina is the one that, that has me most surprised. Which team is most surprising to you? Yeah, I mean... It's probably Carolina. Like, again, with Denver, Teddy Bridgewater is the perfect quarterback for that system. For right. those, and I apologize, Drew Locke's not a good quarterback. And, and I know that people, there's been a huge contingent, especially on Twitter, of people in Denver that are Drew Locke truthers. Stop it. Right. Teddy Bridgewater is an adult. He comes in. He runs an offense. There are restrictions. He's got some limitations throwing the ball down the field, but he's exactly what you need as a compliment for a solid run game and a great defense. And they're right. going to wreak havoc for the next five years in the AFC West that's stacked to begin with. With Carolina, and, and you're right, like it was as Christian McCaffrey went, if he gets 12 catches and 200 all-purpose yards, they're going to win a game. Cool, that happens four times a year. Sam Darnold adds a vertical element that allows Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, etc., to eat. And we've been seeing that a lot. But the big storyline out of the NFL probably is Carolina's defense being the best defense in the NFL. And that's what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you draft well, look at what's happening. Because Carolina used to be, that used to be their calling card. Luke mm -hmm. Keekley, Thomas Davis, uh, Josh Norman, they were absolute beasts on defense. Now with Jeremy Chin being the anchor over the top, that defense is a problem. They're giving up less than 200 yards passing a week. Like, that is going to be the calling card. Sam Darnold's able to be a game manager, being able to extend a plays down the field that Teddy Bridgewater was not. And even with Christian McCaffrey out, it's going to be... Royce Freeman's fine. We'll see what happens with Chubba Hubbard, the rookie. Their offensive line's good enough. That is a scary team through three weeks. Now, what's the thing that surprised you the most on the negative side? Well, looking at the teams that are 0-3, quite frankly, out of the five that are 0-3, I think four of them, um, you're not really surprised yeah. at all. You got the the two teams in New York are 0-3. Um Slipping my mind as to the the other 0-3 teams, but the 0-3 team that I'm going to bring up, oh, Detroit is in there as well. Yeah. The two teams from New York. Colts. For, for me, that's the big surprise yeah. there. The Colts at 0-3. Now, 
I thought that there were some questions about the pass rush, questions about the pass catchers, questions about Carson Wentz. And although I think Carson Wentz has been pretty solid for the Colts, I don't think that he's their biggest problem. The Colts being at 0-3 and and looking destitute, that has to be a surprise. Maybe, you know, just from all the PTSD from watching the Colts whoop up on the Titans for pretty much my entire life, I always just assume that the Colts will be a respectable team. And I even said in the preseason that I thought that they had a very solid floor at about 8-9. and nine. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. The injuries are coming fast. They're coming often for the Colts. And even when they're out there playing, they're just not playing their best football. They're not dominant in the trenches, especially on the offensive side of the ball this year with all the injuries. So without that stellar offensive line and that stellar defensive line working, uh, the Colts you know, issues with their skill position players, the perimeter guys on defense and offense, that's really showing up in a big way. So I yeah. think you got to be surprised by the Colts 0-3. That might be might be the most surprising thing in the entire NFL. I might go with one of the one and two or two and one situations, which we'll talk about next. But for my money out of the out of the winless group, the Colts are easily the biggest surprise. And then look at how the mighty have fallen there with Tennessee. That is a New England AFC East potential situation for a decade. If you look yeah. at Houston, Deshaun Watson's never going to play there again. Jacksonville's right. not good. And without Carson Wentz, you know how much they miss Phillip Rivers? 0-3 is, much, is how much they miss Phillip Rivers. They miss an adult to run an offense, and Carson Wentz can't do that. And that's like, it, it, it throws the whole equilibrium off for the team. The defense is probably better than what they've shown. They, they held the high-powered Rams offense to 24, 27 points. Sounds like it's not a huge deal, but it is. If Carson Wentz wasn't turning the ball over so much, that would have been a lesser number. Like, they are the biggest dumpster fire because Carson Wentz isn't as good as everybody thought he was at one point. And obviously the injuries, when you're, you sprain both your ankles in the same damn game and you try to come back and play the next week, it ain't going to cut it. The thing that surprises me the most negatively is how many teams aren't stepping up to where we thought they were going to this year. Seattle's one and two. I mean, right. Kansas City, whatever. They're going to win 10 games. They're going to make the playoffs. It's right. going to be fine. You know what I mean? Like, that's not even one of the things. But with how many bad teams there are, like the Jets are a really bad team. And we knew that before. Yes. Okay. The Steelers are a really bad team so far. They've won a game, but Ben Roethlisberger is a thousand. He went from being, you know, you know what? He probably can do one more year to I'm a thousand in a wheelchair, seemingly yeah, overnight. He's done. You know, the, the Jags are bad. The Colts are bad. The Giants are bad. The Eagles are terrible. Washington looks bad. Like this is, I mean, the Lions, the Lions are bad. The Bears are bad. The Falcons are bad. Like half the NFL, there's no middle class anymore in the NFL, it seems like. It's like there's the hierarchy and the S-Box teams at the end, and sure, it's only through three weeks, but man, Tyler, like, the players you draft in the second or third year are supposed to now make a push here, and you're looking at all these teams that are waiting for that, and it just ain't happening. Like, we've, we're in the golden age of the quarterback, but it seems to be with what's happening in college and what's happening in the NFL with bad teams, we may be at a scarcity of great quarterbacks sooner than we know. That is an interesting take. I think I think the I think the talent is there with the quarterbacks. I think while we may be in the golden age of quarterbacks, we might be in the dark ages of coaches. I think there yeah, are a maybe. lot of there are a lot of poorly coached football teams out there because we're in a transitional period between kind of the new wave thinking. Think of a guy like Brandon Staley for the Chargers, who's really cutting edge, really ahead of things. And then you think of a guy like Joe Judge, 
who is out there, you know, trouncing on analytics today. And I'm not a big analytic guy, but to denounce that part of the the decision-making process and to belittle it, it just shows that you're not turning over every stone, turning over every leaf, looking for answers. And no wonder that their teams are struggling. So I think there's a there's a lack of good coaching in the NFL right now to, to help some of these young guys. But overall, I'm at least happy to, to take a look at the quarterback talent that we have now compared to maybe 15 so years ago. I think once the coaching catches up, we'll be seeing these guys really excel. I do want to say the last surprise for me is the team that plays on Thursday night, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. They're 2-1, and one, and I think they the way that they have played, not only their record, has to be one of the biggest surprises of the season, seeing some good things in Cincinnati out of a coach that I didn't really think was a very good coach in Zach Taylor, so that's a big surprise to me. Yeah, for sure, and it pisses me off that he doesn't have a uh, a K at the end of his name. Is that right. irrational? Never trust the Zach that. What the that hell are we doing here? K or CH? Yeah. Alex Clancy too, locked too on. <laughs> Alex Clancy <laughs> locked on Cardinals. Tyler Rowland locked on Titans. Coming up next, three names that have resurfaced in very different ways, and you may get a two and a half minute beautiful. Music playing, get off the stage, Oscar rant that he ain't going to get off the stage for from Tyler Rowland. That's coming up next. But first, rockauto.com. Listen, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, whether it be Locked on NFL or you know varying podcasts across the platform, you know that rockauto.com is one of our favorites because it makes my job easy for not knowing anything about cars, and it makes me not have to leave the comfort of my abode in my sweatpants to buy any sort of parts I need for my car and have them delivered to my doorstep. You don't have to go to a chain storefront. You don't have to get upcharged for all of the things that you need. And you also don't have to go and be like, hey, man, I'm 38 years old. I don't know anything about cars. Can you show me where I get my stuff? RockAuto.com allows you to circumvent all of it. The prices are reliably low. Again, as I said, you're not going to get upcharged for not being a manufacturer and not get upcharged for going to a chain storefront place that's a pain in the ass. It's a family-owned business. They've been online for 20 years. Okay, The stuff gets delivered right to your door. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto at rockauto.com. And also, Tyler, we talked about this. The line for tonight's game, Jacksonville on the road in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's laying seven and a half points. And the over-under is four. See, So we'll see. And I think we both dis- we dis- disagree with that. But we both think that the under is going to hit. You're a little bit closer. You're 24-21. The over-under is at 46. Regardless of what you think, you think Tyler's right, you think I'm right, you can get all the action you need at the new and improved betonline.ag. They've got a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. Betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. So go to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code NFL 100. Again, go to the website or use, use your mobile device today to sign up, receive your 100% welcome bonus at betonline.ag with promo code NFL 100. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
All right, well, let's cap off this Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast talking about some NFL comebacks, and we got three comeback stories that popped up this week. So first and foremost, a guy who's bounced in and out of the league, wide receiver Josh Gordon. He's played in 63 games in his career off and on because of the drug suspensions and different personal issues and everything like that. He has amounted 247 catches. 4,252 yards and 20 touchdowns. Of course, he had that big 2013 season with the Browns where he had 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns. But since then, uh, he spent time with the New England Patriots, actually got a Super Bowl ring during that time, surprisingly enough. He played with Seattle, and now he is signed to the practice squad of the Kansas City Chiefs, a, a guy who has always had immense talent but has been a troubled guy off the field. You hope that he is able to kind of get things on track for one last time and finish his career the right way. But Alex, I guess uh, we could do a little bit of a fire or forget randomly here, but is this a fire for the Chiefs where they should be really excited about something that they've got? Or is this the type of thing you can forget and most likely than not, Josh Gordon won't have an impact on the season? This is fire, baby. This is fire. Like Josh Gordon... So what he's become is this deep threat. Like, that's what he's become. He's a big dude. He's got great hands. He doesn't run great routes, but he runs down the sideline. He turns around. He catches balls. That's what he does. It's fire because there's going to be two or three times this year, whether it be in the regular season or in the playoffs when the Chiefs inevitably make it, where he makes a play at a crucial situation, and you look to the person next to you, and you say, that's why they went and signed him. That's all they need him for. They need him for some opportunistic opportunities to be opportunistic in his time on the field, he's not going to be running 50% of the routes. He's not going to be on the field 50% of the time, but he's going to be on the field, and you're going to see Tyreek Hill run behind your safety like, oh, no, what do we do now? Like that's, And that's why. He, it, it, w- the beauty of Josh Gordon is he's evolved. He's not as fast as he used to be, obviously. We're eight years removed from his big year, but the dude is still a hoss. He's still young enough, and he's got Patrick Mahomes throwing him the damn ball. Like, would you trust Mecole Hardman? Or Josh Josh Gordon, I would trust Josh Gordon, like that. And that's and you have Tyreek Hill, you have him, and you have uh, and and you have Tyrus Kelsey. Like this is an absolute one hundred percent bona fide home run, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I actually agree with everything you said there. He's gonna make a big play for the Chiefs at some point in time during the season, and it'll all be worth it. There's basically zero risk to what the Chiefs has done. You you bet on the talent, and we know how things go. You get Andy Reid's offense. You got Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball. Those two things can, together can can make you-know-what, uh, chicken you-know-what look like uh, chicken soup pretty easily. So I, I am a fan of the move. I think as long as, you know what, I have to be honest, I'm rooting for Josh Gordon to have some success. I think some of the archaic rules really set him back, and some of those rules are different now. So I hope that Josh Gordon is able to, you know, keep things together and and have a positive end to his career. The next comeback is a guy who spent a lot of time on the field and just until recently had some issues, and that is Richard Sherman, the uh, famed cornerback from the Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks, played in 139 games in his career, has 36 interceptions, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champion, likely Hall of Famer. Richard Sherman has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've had a lot of cluster injuries at cornerback. And I got to be honest, I'm not quite as high on this signing as we were with Josh Gordon. I think cornerback is a very, very hard position to play as you get older. Do want to mention here, Sherman had a had a weird 
encounter uh, yeah. late at night with his in-laws and some possible breaking and entering and just it, it quite honestly, it, it looked like, you know, a drunk episode, you know, late at night, parked his car, maybe some uh, issues with a wreck who really knows about that situation. But either way, Richard Sherman had apologized for all the upheaval he caused talked about, you know, getting himself healthy and he appears to be healthy and ready to contribute this year. But I think that Josh Gordon actually could end up being a more beneficial signing then the Richard Sherman signing, just because it's it's easier to be old and do well at wide receiver with your craft than it is to do that at cornerback. But what say you? I mean, who would have thought that Tampa Bay needed this much help at corner? You know, through three weeks. Yeah. Like, that defense doesn't look good at all. I know there's some injury concerns. I know the pass rush has been fine, but they really came on late last year with their defense. And Devin White really really showed up the second half of last year and all the way through the playoffs out of their Super Bowl. I mean, people remember the Super Bowl and them getting, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. That didn't count. They're playing a high school offensive line. Like, and that's what people were expecting them to be this year, and it's not the case. Right. They've got young corners, you know, and they have they have uh, Antoine Winfield uh, over the top, but they need help. And, and the reason for his signing is just to add a little stability. He's old. He's not what he used to be. But the dude has lived through all of it in the NFL, yeah. and he'll be able to impart wisdom on a young secondary and an underperforming secondary. He's going to add – he'll pick off a couple balls where it's like, you know, that's where you get him. No, you get him for the mentorship. He wasn't doing anything. What are they going to do? Tom called him like, dude, come on, let's go. We played against let, – let's we've been in Super Bowls together. Let, let's run it back. Like, it's not hard. I mean, you go to Tampa Bay, you live in the, you live in the warm temperature, you get paid a couple million bucks, you go win a Super Bowl. Like, it was a no-brainer for either side – and I think he's going to add, it's not going to be as impactful as what Richard Sherman once was. Just like what Josh Norman has been ever since he left, you know, Washington, ever since he got that right. big deal, he went to Buffalo and now wherever the hell he is, San Francisco. I don't even know where he is. Yeah, now. I think so. But he'll add just, he'll add an adult in the room. And I think that they need that in the cornerback room right now in Tampa Bay for sure. Now, yeah, that's, now, that's actually a great point though. You know, they, they need that experience with all the, all the young guys in the secondary, especially with the injuries. Okay. So there is one more. Okay, Tyler, breathe. Okay, with the 29th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Isaiah Wilson. Okay, that didn't work out so well. Um, Isaiah Wilson has popped into the news, and he's signing with a new team. Tyler, why don't you tell everybody where he's signing and what that team may or may not get out of the former 29th overall pick in not the 2013 NFL draft, the 2020, 2020, the 2020 NFL draft. What are they going to get? Okay, well. I'm going to turn my mic off now. And why don't you just take us out? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, here, here's what I have to say about the Isaiah Wilson situation. Number one, I've never met the kid. If he really turned his life around and he's really back in a good space and he's able to carve out a career – I'm not going to be mad because it didn't work out with the Titans. I want what's best for human beings, of course, first and foremost. But come on, man. Wake up, everybody. This is a guy who's broke. He's broke. He ran out of his signing bonus money that he stole from the Titans. The Colts organization is a good organization. They took one chance at him and were like, uh, not a chance. We're not falling for this foolery. And then he went to New York, a poorly run organization, and Dave Gettleman's like, oh, God. Six foot eight, hog molly. He's from New York. He'll figure it. No, this guy is broke. He's blown all of his money. 
and he's coming back to trying to sucker somebody else into giving him some cash. He can't do anything else except play football. So that's what he's trying to do. What I know that he can't do is rap. That's a fact. God, he is terrible at making music. If you're going to quit your NFL career to focus on something, make sure you're at least good at it. Give me a break. God, it's it's awful. Um, and like I said, want to make sure that this is an underlying point. I hope that the guy figures stuff out. I really do. But I just call BS. I think it's nonsense. He's going to the practice squad of the New York Giants. This isn't going to work out well for the Giants. Just like when the Dolphins traded for him and thought that because Brian Flores went to the same high school as Isaiah Wilson, they could figure something out and help him out. The guy wants to be a rap star. You don't just change that in four or five months. It just doesn't change like that. The guy is out of money. This is his last hope to get back and get one contract to get a little bit of cash. It's a desperate attempt. And if I'm the Giants fans, do not expect anything from this guy. And quite frankly, I would just forget that he even signed it all because like with his other stops, the Titans in Miami, it will not be long before he's back out on the street dancing on top of cars, drinking permethazine, pretending to be Lil Wayne. So uh, I, I just think that this is nonsense and he will be washed away from our consciousness for one final time after this utter failure in New York. But that is going to do it for this Thursday episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. We previewed tonight's football game, kicking off the Week 4 slate in the NFL. We talked about the biggest surprises in the NFL, the good and the bad, and then talked about three comebacks in the NFL this season. Alex, it's been a blast getting ready for the football weekend. I'll be back with you again next Woo! Thursday. To all of you all, thank you for checking out this Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. Remember, you can find the Locked On NFL Podcast on every platform and always free. Hope you guys come back tomorrow for the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.